0: Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hello, everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, I have a very special guest, Nicole Raimondi. Nicole is a mindset coach, NLP practitioner, and founder of Self by Design, a mental health and well-being platform fusing neuroscience, psychology, and spirituality to show you can heal yourself with the power of your mind. After decades of un unresolved physical and mental health challenges, she discovered it was her own belief system held in the subconscious mind that was holding her back from experiencing a truly thriving life. As a result, she made it her mission to heal with the powers of the mind and immersed herself in all areas of study of the mind, including programs in cognitive neuroscience and cognitive psychology at Stanford University, NLP NLP practitioner training, clinical hypnosis, mindfulness, and EFT emotional freedom technique. Her work has helped thousands tap into the power of their subconscious minds and redesign their limiting beliefs to achieve emotional freedom, mental clarity, and thriving relationships, careers, and health in all areas of their life. You are, I'm obsessed with you. Like I'm obsessed with your work. I i am such a strong believer. It's like the only belief I truly have that the mind is the most powerful tool we possess. It can either work for us or it can work against us. So I love what you're doing. I wanna talk to you about so many things. So thank you for being here today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, when you reached out and then I looked into your story and what you believe in the same things that you're talking about and I was like this, could not align more perfectly. I think we both have a pretty good understanding mm-hmm. of how the mind affects our reality, um, right. and how we've had that work against us and work for us. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I just think your your message and your mission is so beautiful. Thank I even, I listened to your very first podcast and your story, and really appreciate that as well. And yeah, I just, I, I really appreciate the the ability to be here and show up and have this conversation. And,
0: yeah. Uh, Well, you know, like you said, um, with my journey, it started with getting diagnosed and then nutrition, exercise, um, you know, the the typical things that were prescribed to have a healthy life, right? Like you do these things and you're going to be so joyful and then we're doing the things and we're not feeling the joy, right? We're like, I don't understand. I should feel something different. And so for me, you know, life continued. It took for me to get diagnosed with cancer to realize, okay, there's definitely something bigger going on. And that's when I started really understanding the power of our mind and how the, the mind truly dictates the physiology of our body. So for me, the journey began one way, but ultimately the root, the root of all cause Is truly held within the mind and our thoughts. And so, for me, as a you know, as a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and um, personal trainer, and all of those things, it's so hard for me when people are like, "Just tell me what to eat," and I'm like, "I'm going to tell you what to think." No, I'm kidding about that. But the reality is, then we'll get to what to eat. (laughs) Exactly, because if you don't have control of what's going on here. You're never going to have consistent, sustainable, um, balance in your life with all of the other lifestyle factors like exercise, diet, you know, um, sleep, all of those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I resonate so, so deeply with that. Cause that is very close to my personal journey. as well.
0: Can you, can you talk to a little bit about your personal yeah, journey and what yeah, brought I you here? How,
1: how much should we break down and, and dive into, um, Okay. So well, I grew up in upstate New York. I'm living in California now. Yeah. So I well, i mean, this is very different from how I grew up because I you know mm-hmm. here people are more aware and we're in a different time now where yes, the mind has a lot to do with it and meditation and yoga. And we're kind of nurturing and taking care of ourselves at a higher level. And these principles are starting to really infiltrate our culture and society, which I think is beautiful. Oh, me too. Um, Absolutely. Right. Like, and thankful for yeah, people like us and Jake Woodward, who we just spoke of and all those other individuals who are conveying this message and, mm-hmm. and, um, c- kind of creating this shift, which is, is amazing. Um, but the way that I grew up was none of this was really talked about and, and maybe the same for you. Oh, right? for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it was a small town in, in upstate New York and, and our parents didn't have the awareness or the tools or the education. And so mm-hmm. nutrition wasn't really talked about. Um, even physical fitness, I played sports and things, but that wasn't really on the map. Um, of course, nothing with meditation or the mind or what you're actually putting into your into your mind and into your system um, mm-hmm. from that direction. And so um, I kind of took that, you know, that structure and brought that into college with me. And of course, in college is when I fart, started to first get those little nudges that like something's off, right? And I think mm-hmm. you talked a little bit about this in your healing journey. And if we all have that, right? We are like, right oh, weird, now I'm, you know, missing periods. I'm having cystic acne. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of inflammation. I'm getting headaches and all these little like pings are coming in. But I just kind of continue to ignore them and party and drink and eat all the things and, you know, just carry on as right. any college student w- would and not really um, address these or even speak about them. Um, and then I reached a point in college where things started to really excel um, and, or I should say decelerate, <laughs> but mm-hmm. accelerate in the wrong direction um, with my physical health. And I started to have a lot of mental health issues um, from anxiety attacks. I was having memory loss, really poor concentration, um, you know, inability to sleep, all of the things that I think a lot of us experience, which are also symptoms, but Um, that maybe we don't talk about hourly as much and at this point back to the limiting you know beliefs that I know stuff we're going to kind of dive into I was like that is not who I am right like I am I you know I am strong and I am the one that like takes care of everybody else and like everybody else has these you know things going on in their life and like I'm not going to really reveal what's happening for me Mm -hmm. internally or even even like physically I'm gonna hide all of it because it's not who I am. Mm -hmm. Well, my grades took a huge dip, obviously, because I'm experiencing all of this. Um, My father kind of gets wind of things, ends up, you know, pulling me out of college for just, you know, a brief time, bringing me home. We go into a, a traditional, um, you know, medicine model. And there is where they discover I have a rare disease called hyperparathyroidism.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, And hyperparathyroidism, a lot of people haven't heard of it. It's It's rare in general. It's extremely rare for somebody of my age. I was maybe 19 at the time. Okay. Have this disease. And what it is, is a benign tumor on one of your parathyroid glands, which sit on your thyroid Mm -hmm. and regulate all the calcium and all of the like electrolyte, um, you know, levels in your system. Mm -hmm. And so it has a lot to do with the brain and the nervous system, which obviously has a lot to do with your autoimmune system. It has a lot to do your thoughts and your mental health and all of these things um and so i have they were like you need surgery you need to get this tumor out of here mm-hmm. i have the tumor removed um and then they're kind of just like oh go ahead did you just say
0: something well i was going to ask did they only remove the tumor or did they have to also uh, remove part of the thyroid so they just removed the tumor because it's okay. these four glands and
1: that's the interesting distinction to make that sit on top of the thyroid. So Mm -hmm. the system is all related to the endocrine system, but they're, yeah, they're, they're placed on top of it. And so they took out one of the glands and then I I technically have three more left. So I can be like, oh my God, they're
0: missing this gland, you know, and they take out thyroid glands, as you know, I'm sure. Right, well, the reason I'm asking is because I actually only know of one other person who has had this. Um, Mm -hmm. She was in her early twenties when she got diagnosed, she was um, in med school, she was in med school under a lot of stress and stuff. And she did get diagnosed and ultimately they did end up having to completely resect her entire thyroid. So her whole thyroid was removed. Wow, and I honestly think that is the direction that
1: I was moving if I didn't take the steps that I-
0: Well, thank goodness you were proactive.
1: Yeah, I mean, yes yeah, so and no. It took some time, just like all of us in our journey, right? right. Like, I'm doing this, I'm trying this, I don't know. <laughs> and you just keep doing and trying all the things until you start seeing these pieces come in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we do the work that we're doing, right? Because you're like, okay, I want to help give people a roadmap and some sort of system or formula to follow, or else you literally are just like a cat clawing at the wall. Right, like, yeah. to okay, better. <laughs> so right. I <laughs> So yeah, that's the point that I got. Like they were just like, okay, we took out the tumor and you should be good. And my calcium levels are back to normal, they were just, you know, then it's kind of like, all right, go back out into life mm-hmm. and we'll live, you're, you're a healthy, young, whatever, maybe like 20 year old at this time and like continue on. Well, mm-hmm. I was not, yeah, mind, body, the whole thing, a healthy, young 20 year old anymore. I think it had just completely disrupted my nervous system, my mm-hmm. immune system. I'm having a lot of autoimmune symptoms, even though I was never diagnosed autoimmune, I had high right. inflammation. The markers and almost like ms episodes and mm-hmm. the whole thing so oh, i finally i graduate but then i move home um after graduation all my friends are like running off to college right or college or running off to new york city uh-huh. um close to like world, and that's all i wanted to do is be in new york city with them but i'm living home back in this environment that i don't want to be in you know my I, i'm living with my father and his um, girlfriend at the time who I didn't get along with. I love now, but it, we didn't have a good relationship. Um, and my brother, my twin brother is living there. I have a twin brother and he, wow. um, yeah, he had his boyfriend move in at the time. So I'm living with this couple and then my younger brother is like this crazy wild man. I'm like living with him. So, so I am just so resentful of my life and situation, which we you know is so unhealthy already. Right. And so it's all just manifesting physically. Um, And I eventually do find the traditional medicine route isn't working. And then I do find a functional nutritionist. And that's where I started to open the door to nutrition. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And even just that kind of support and like, hey, there's another way Like you to to take 12 medications and live in this space where you're always just covering the symptoms. Right. Um, And so I saw some progression there for sure, was able to move back to New York City. And I think that just helped, you know, again, the mentality and the environment. Um, and I got into fitness from there. So very similar to your journey. I and mean, we're kind of like climbing the ladder, right? Nutrition <laughs> to fitness. Yep. Like we're <laughs> heading there, we're going towards the mind. We should have started there, but we're heading there. Right, I know. <laughs> it's like, it, And that's why we want to help you, right? You're like we, we can start here and then that's- we can <laughs>
0: I think you and I are both so passionate about where we're at and the programs that we have developed because we've basically reverse engineered the whole process that we had to go to in order to be able to get people the biggest results, you know, the, the quickest results, the biggest bang for their buck that are going to last sustainably. So um, I love that this is awesome. I love that you and I are so much in alignment. <laughs>
1: yes. And I know you have your retrain the brain program, right? right. You, mm-hmm. when I was looking at it and I'm like, this is beautiful. This is absolutely what we need more of in the world. Just again, showing people that you can you can, you know, disassemble and re-engineer and start from those higher levels and then cascade down to right. the body instead of starting from the body and moving up. And those, you know, the other pieces kind of just fall in place from the nutrition mm-hmm. and the fitness routines right. and all those things. Um, Absolutely. But I don't know if you can relate to this, but I, so I got myself back to New York and and I think a lot of, I know that my clients can relate um, in definitely a high regard, where I got back to New York and I had been really religious about my nutrition and mm-hmm. my fitness, right? And so I had created this structure and this routine that was so rigid and confining and that is not why I'm like I'm free and I'm an artist and I am like you know do what I want and that was just it was like my own self-constructed prison because I hadn't gotten to the root of things right oh so God. I created this you know whatever and as soon as I would like travel or start dating a new guy or start, you know what I mean I'd yes. all go to shit and and then all the symptoms would come back and I would have yeah. this thing I don't even, yeah, I don't want to call it MS, MSN, it's also very serious, but i have that symptom neurologically, information-wise, have you experienced this as well?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you actually become addicted to not only the, um, well, you, you could become addicted to the emotions and then the emotions are what trigger the neurosystem to you know, release chemicals that we become literally addicted to. And that's why it's so hard for people to take action because they don't realize that their nervous system is actually trained. And um, basically this is what it has considered its default state, its norm. And so it's always trying to recalibrate to get back to its norm survival state, whether it's good or bad, it can't differentiate, right? And that's so beautifully said. Like we're always trying to maintain homeostasis right what people don't realize and what's not talked about enough because there just hasn't been enough evidence right the evidence the the studies that we need in order to confirm or deny that you know this is true right. but the Thoughts and how when we have a negative thought, that thought stimulates the nervous system to respond in a certain way because it can't differentiate between physical, mental, emotional. It doesn't know. It just knows, oh, this thing's happening. The thought is being created. The thing's happening. And there is a very specific hormonal cascade that's going to occur in order to... um, Keep the body in survival mode, protect the heart, protect the lung, protect the brain. And so in when this is happening, we actually make the blood become more acidic. Ooh. And so when the blood becomes more acidic, this is very dangerous and threatening to the body. Therefore, we are constantly, if we're constantly in our head and having thoughts that are not serving us, we are slowly depleting our resources because the body has to stay alive. So it's going to literally allocate everything it can in order to keep the pH in that neutral state. And over long periods of time, this is going to contribute to a lot of dysfunction physiologically that will contribute to more mental dysfunction, right? That So it's, yeah. It's literally a vicious cycle and our body is addicted to it and we're not even aware. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know.
0: So let's dive in. I want to talk. I'm so so excited about you. I love you. I love you. I love you. you. We could have all kinds of conversations. Um, So talk to me. What is NLP? What is neurolinguist programming? What is this stuff? We see it. We hear it. But what does it mean?
1: I know. Yeah. I, I think that's like the first question I get ready. They're like, okay, so what, what is this long, crazy word? Especially when I speak to people from, you know, my hometown, they're like, I don't, what is this weird stuff that you're into now? <laughs> but yes, neurolinguistic programming. Okay. So I, the best definition that I can have, there's, there's several definitions out there, but it's the study of the mind and how we create our reality. Like how we create that structure through our maps and make meaning. And then we use that to create our reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like the user's manual to your mind. So I didn't really understand how I was creating my reality mm-hmm. from a neurological standpoint, you know, from a psychological standpoint until I understood neuro-linguistic programming and then could kind of combine that and be like, okay, this is actually how my mind is work. We're working and how I can communicate with it to create and restructure the reality that I imagine and then help others create and restructure their own reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say too, like you can break it down like neuro is the biology, just what we talked about, the brain, the actual physical structure of it. Mm-hmm. Linguistic is how we're communicating with mm-hmm. that nervous system that we've created through, you know, images and words um, and feelings and all of that kind of communication that's going on. Mm-hmm. And then programming is the last piece, which I love the model, which is the how you created these maps and structures and habits. And how you're running those actual programs and those as you know i know you've talked about this a lot too is that you know we created those at such a young age they've mm-hmm. been ingrained in us and we have run those programs per se for years decades even and if they are not serving us anymore because they were created when we were living in a different external reality right a different. Right they call it an NLP a different territory. Like you have your map and your filters and then you have the external territory. But there is a time where it's very different from how you're living now or the life that you are pursuing. Then that is our opportunity to take a look at that map and that filter and think about, you know, get curious about it, not judge it, but think about, okay, here's what's coming up. What can we replace that with? So mm-hmm. it serves, you know, your present reality and where you're you're moving, so
0: a beautiful study. I love, I love NLP. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I'll, I'll bring this up, but I've heard people refer to it as being manipulative. Have you, have you come across this? So a lot of people are actually scared. They're scared of it. They think it's an evil thing that, um, it, you know, it can be used for not so, um, good purposes, but, I was just curious if you've heard that as well. I
1: have heard that for sure. And I think, I mean, people started using it even back in the seventies, I think in eighties in sales to kind mm-hmm. of persuade and manipulate. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I've heard of people just using it in that regard. And the, the way that I, um, you know, kind of bring meaning to that is anything that is a really powerful tool can be used for good or for bad. Right. It is a absolutely. Very if you understand the mind and how to use it to create the life that you've imagined and mm-hmm. heal and have better relationships and all those things then then you know it there's a lot of power there you are self-empowering right. yourself and you are bringing all of that energy and all that light into your system to be able to to create that but again it can always there's always a, a dark side like a double edged sword i guess they call that right where right. where it can be worse so um, my obviously intention is to use it for good right and- Yes. Other people maybe might not have the same intention, but.
0: So how can our perceptions and self-imposed limits shape our reality? (laughs) Yes. Ooh, good, good question. Uh
1: Um, Yes. Well, okay. I think that goes back to, so in NLP, they call this the communications model. And that goes back to like one of the first basic understanding is how we Construct the reality that we're in, and how we create the filter, right? And there's there's three ways that we all create a filter, and these these are our, you know, they can be our constraints, right? These are our limitations because your mind is kind of certain. It's it's a objective structure and almost like a you know you know I don't say a box. You don't want to live in a box, but it is it is what you've created through this filter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have a way of distorting information that's coming in and this is all for our better good, right? Like we, we can't take in all the bits of information, everything happening at once. You'd be walking down the street and you would just be overloaded with information. I think I've tr- probably tried <laughs> right with anxiety and stuff. You're like, I, I can take in so much information yourself, right. and then you just like, <laughs> yeah, that that's off. But we do this for survival reasons, for, it's for our good, but it can work against us if it's not filtering the proper information in your creative reality that is not, um, not serving you. And so we kind of distort information that is coming in um, based on our past experiences and based on our childhood and our upbringing and all of those things. We go back to that, that past situation. We delete information that we think is not relevant and maybe it is relevant. You know, they always, I think they give that example a lot in like neuro program or any kind of seminar where if you're in a room and they're like, look for the color green. And all of a sudden everybody's finding the color green when you didn't see it before because mm-hmm. now you are looking for it, but you have deleted everything else, right? And then they're like, oh, where, you know, whose shirt is purple and everybody's like, oh, I thought we were looking for green. Oh, I don't, I didn't see any purple. Because uh-huh. you deleted that information. Um, and then the last piece, is generalization and this is again another way for our brain to just organize and categorize all that information we generalize things so if you're like okay you know that's a tree i'm like looking out my window right now my beautiful view like this is a tree okay so that palm tree also looks like a tree and this pine tree also is a tree so that obviously you create that generalization that those things are lumped together as trees but that can also be Misleading if you've overgeneralized, and this is where stereotypes come in, right? Or uh-huh. if you have a traumatic situation, and then you think, okay, getting in a car always equals this traumatic situation, right? That's a generalization. Your brain has categorized it that way to keep you safe, uh-huh. but it doesn't necessarily mean that that is the truth and the reality
0: that you know we are all living in. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's just how, yeah, it's how we create those limitations.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. I like that you bring up, you know, um, being in a room, looking for the color green and deleting all of the information. I was having a conversation with my youngest daughter yesterday. I don't remember what it was about. And we got on the subject of how um, when you purchase a new car, let's say you want to, you know, oh, I want this new car and you're fixated on it. And now you see it everywhere, like everywhere. And you never saw it before. Or maybe it's numbers, you know, um, the synchronicity, right? So all of a sudden we're seeing our numbers everywhere like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely amazing. And so in the spiritual world, that is a good indicator that you are in alignment and you are transcending in the right direction. So um, I love that you bring that up because I think that's just such a valid valid information that we can all relate to, we've all had these moments, we can understand that fundamentally.
1: Yes, and even from a neuroscience standpoint, Um, when I was studying the neuroscience side of things, that's called value tagging. So your, your brain now says, Oh, that's important to me. Like I have this new car. I really like my car and that represents who I am. So now I'm going to see it everywhere. Like when I moved to California, I got a mini Cooper and I was like, this Uh is such a rare car. Like nobody has mini Coopers. I'm so cool. Everybody has a mini Cooper. (laughs) And then I said it to somebody the other day. And they're like, what do you mean? I don't like, I don't see mini Coopers. Nobody has them. They're "They're everywhere. Especially in (laughs) your area, up in the Bay area. But I see, I mean, I probably see them more than anybody else, right? Because now that's important to me. I'm like, Oh, Minnie Cooper. Hey, we're friends. Like she's cool. You know? So, so that's, That's and again, from a spiritual standpoint too, that we do that, I have my number that I see. And Mm -hmm. then I feel like when I'm really in full alignment, I see it everywhere.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've I've,
1: I've also tapped into that. That's a spiritual thing. I think too, where you're like, okay, well now I know that that is a message that, that I need to receive. So Mm -hmm. I am, I'm opening my awareness. I'm expanding mm-hmm. that kind of conscious. So now I'm able to receive it and then the universe can send me that
0: little. Mm-hmm. I love that. Beautiful. Mm. So powerful. <laughs> so let's talk about the subconscious and the conscious mind. What is the difference between the two? How can we break it down in a way that's um, as easy as possible for individuals to understand? I think this is a challenge for a lot of people to grasp
1: i agree yeah and it even took me some time to kind of create a model um okay so i always like to start with because i I do this with my clients too because i'm like okay let's let's start let's start here like let's start with the basics um that it's all the same mind right because they're like well i'm working my conscious mind they're not two different minds you don't have like you know two separate minds it's all the same mind it's just levels of the mind and i think a lot of people um, Social psychologists like to use the iceberg analogy. I'm sure you've seen this too, where if you can create a visual of it and you can kind of see, so there's the iceberg, and then the tip of it is above the water, and it's only a little bit of the iceberg, and then the rest of the iceberg is below, it's submerged underneath the water. Mm-hmm. So the tip of it is your conscious mind, and that's what you are consciously aware of your critical thinking and um your logic and your reason even like short-term memory language like right now we're consciously communicating with our language There's a lot of subconscious things going on but we are talking right, linguistically <laughs> i don't know what's going on underneath the, the iceberg and then consciously that's like where the powers and this this was kind of part of my healing because I was like whoa this is like the key like this is the treasure chest where all of this stuff is is lying I've been working so consciously and so externally yeah with fitness and the nutrition and yeah just in my conscious mind even with talk therapy and, and all the pieces but subconsciously that's where our habits are that's where our beliefs are stored our emotions um, even our creativity and our imagination um, but just all of those yeah those programs and Um, even just really powerful systems of our body. We talked about maintaining homeostasis. Mm -hmm. Your subconscious mind is doing that for you, right? It's it's beating your heart and breathing Mm -hmm. air through your lungs and, um, you know, pumping your blood and it's doing hundreds of thousands of tasks at once. And that's why it is so much infinitely more powerful than our conscious mind because consciously, you know, like we were talking about Friday, like I'm like, I have three things to do today. Let me knock them off my to-do list, right? Right. Some conscious mind, your body's like, I have 300,000 things to do today and I'm going to handle all of them.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. Is it safe to say that the subconscious part of the brain functioning is the part that is really focused on – keeping us alive and keeping us safe compared to the conscious part of the mind.
1: Yes, absolutely. Because the way I like to think of it too is the subconscious mind is your primal, most primitive part of your mind. So that is responsible for keeping us alive and keeping us safe and you know, identifying if there is a threat in the environment or if there's scarcity or whatever it is. So it is programmed to... I don't, I don't like when people say it to work against us, but in a way it's, it's programmed for a different, um, you know, external environment and reality than the one we're living in now, where it's programmed to look for the danger. Mm-hmm. And so even if if as humans today, if like things are pretty, you know, pretty good in life, right? Like you have a place to live and you have food on the table and you have family around, we are still gonna say, okay, well, what's wrong? What, what's like, what, where's the danger here? How is this all gonna kind of fall apart on me? Or, or like what's coming for me that I'm not aware of? And mm-hmm. so we're constantly looking for those threats.
0: And so I'm assuming that individual, so there's going to be a variation, right? Of individuals and the brain being so focused on looking for the threats compared to potentially another individual. Is that true?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the point of, of our work, right? A lot of it is to get somebody, somebody to, to come out of that fight or flight response. That's usually, that's the first step pretty much in all healing, right? Is you have to move into that parasympathetic Mm -hmm. response. So then we can find the space to start to implant
0: different things to look for, different value tagging or whatever spirit. I I like the term value tagging. I think that's really appropriate and easy for people to understand.
1: Right. And find that in your external reality instead of finding the threats. And that is And that's just a practice. Like, I I think a lot of people think like, well, I like I work, you know, I did a few sessions. And then the next day, like, I'm still thinking like, well, everything is going to fall apart of me. And it's, it's, it's It's really coming home to that even in the morning. Like, that's why people say, start with gratitude and start with three things that are, that happened that were great today. And it could be like, you know, whatever. I had a really beautiful, colorful plate of food, or I, I I smiled at a stranger, whatever, like those little things start to add up and then it starts to shift. Mm -hmm what you're looking for and what you're seeing in your external environment, again, shifting that, that map and all those external programs, and then you build from there. So it is, it's, it's it's always a journey, you know? Right.
0: So you mentioned, you know, practice. My question is this, because I hear this often, this is where people really struggle. And I feel this is where they're either going to get to the other side, or they're just going to halt and accept and surrender and say, this is what life is. Yeah. This is it. So for the person who is starting with the gratitude or maybe the positive affirmation, and they're saying these things to themselves and their subconscious brain is going, bullshit, liar. What are you talking about? Who are you? Their brain is, so they're trying, right? They're attempting, they're making the attempt, but they're not believing it. They're like, this is such a lie. Who the fuck are you? liar? So, so what do you say to this person? What is your advice for that individual who is really struggling? They can't get past the, I don't believe this. I have a brief interruption to introduce today's podcast sponsor. Green Gorilla CBD is the first USDA certified organic hemp CBD brand whose products are all natural, vegan, and gluten-free. Born in Malibu, California, Green Gorilla's products, ranging from balms to capsules to my favorite gummies, promote an optimally healthy and holistic lifestyle. Every product is rigorously lab tested to ensure each batch is free of common toxins and pesticides found in other CBD products. To explore the only truly clean CBD supplier, head over to ilovegreengorilla.com and use heather20. For twenty percent off your next order, make sure to check them out.
1: Um, I mean, I think there it's it's just getting curious like that. I think because people are like, well, affirmations don't work, right? Like affirmations right. are bullshit. Some people say that. Well is it really bullshit if you say it and then it brings up a a limiting belief or an old story or whatever? Well, then I think it's kind of working because it's doing what we want it to do. We want to bring that stuff from the subconscious into your conscious mind. And then then if we can allow ourselves to take a look at that and say, oh, I'm not believing that this is bullshit. I can't do this. And then get off of your meditation map or um, mat and go out into the day, then Mm -hmm. whatever that's, you know, that that's maybe what they're going to do. But if you can allow yourself to have that space and say, okay, this is coming up, here's the thought. And there's a, there's a, a space or a pause between that thought and the meaning that I'm making of it. And then the emotion mm-hmm. is created and kind of the reaction that I'm having. So let me sit in that space and not, not judge it. Just get curious. Like, what does it mean mm-hmm. to me right now? What, yeah, what am I making of it? And is it true and is it serving me and if we ask ourselves those questions and then really listen for the answers that's when we can start to say okay no maybe it's not serving me maybe that's from a time when i was in a really painful relationship or growing up or whatever that is and now we can take that information and we we, that's all it is it's just information gathering and we can take it to kind of the redesign part and implant a new belief and see something differently that's going to support the direction that we are moving.
0: Right. And ultimately, it takes re- repetitive practice. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel that maybe setting an expectation initially and knowing that this is going to require patience and this is going to require? practice in order to allow ourselves to have more self-compassion and grace as we try to navigate through this very uncomfortable process initially, because of the cognitive dissonance, because of the subconscious mind wanting to keep us safe, anything we attempt to do is going to feel very uncomfortable and very, very unsafe initially. Right, So I think that maybe setting expectations around that can be helpful for individuals. I know for myself, um, positive affirmation was so hard. Mm -hmm. I had no confidence, no self-esteem, no belief in what I was worthy and deserving of. You know, I was really just um, a self-punisher, someone who wants to beat themselves up all the time. And so for me, this was really, really challenging because I've never had these conversations in my life, right? Now I'm in my mid to late thirties and all of a sudden I want to try and tell myself a new story. okay. (laughs) Right.
1: And your identity, right? And And I know you say our ego, which I think has a bit of a negative connotation, but your identity is like, no, 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 wait a minute that's not who we are. That's not how we've identified and, and what we have built our foundation and our personality around the rest of our life. So we're not going to know of that because your subconscious mind always wants to prove itself. Right. Right. Like right. it always wants to prove the programs that it has because that conserves energy and that, you know, that is your reality. So it's going to work really hard to prove it. And even if it's a positive change in a positive direction, it's still a stress to your system, right? Well, right. it's, it's still like going to sense alarms like and and change your homeostasis and change your biology and and change those those processes that are running automatically so it does um yeah some patience and just some compassion you need to give it some space and then just some practice it's like that's why I always say it's like you're you, if you say like, I want to be a surfer, right? Like, and you go out and you like get in the water and you flop around and you try and surf. You're like, I'm trying to be a surfer. Yeah. Whatever. I moved to Cali. I'm trying to be cool. I want to be a surfer. Well, you're doing that for a period of time until you start to say, no, I'm a surfer. Like every, every Sunday I go out. Right. And then all of a sudden you are
0: it, but you had to practice it. You didn't just go out there one day and be like, yeah, cool. I I got a board bro. And like, I'm a surfer. Right. I love this example. Back in March, I was in Costa Rica and I decided to attempt surfing for the first time. So I did a lesson. And the guy that was the instructor, I was so impressed with his style of, of um, teaching has he approached it with a very yoga type of mindset, that yogi yeah. mindset, meditation mindset, and immediately he's walking. He's probably about a hundred feet away from me at this point, and he's already. Oh, my goodness, you're going to be the best surfer. You are the best surfer, the best surfer ever. I want you to picture yourself out there feeling the surfboard. You're riding the wave. You're amazing. You're so flexible. And so by the time he actually reaches me, I'm like, fuck, yeah, man, I'm going to be a surfer out there. This shit is happening. And, <laughs> and, I, and funny enough, um, I went out there and I got up my first time and I was like, holy shit, I just rode a wave. And I was like, I'm a surfer. I'm a surfer. And so <laughs> it helped me have the courage to get the board back and run back out there and go through the physically grueling practice of surfing. I don't think people understand how hard it is. Oh my gosh, you are exhausted, like literally exhausted. Yeah. So I hard. thought that was really cool. And I feel like that's um, really the approach he was taking with me is he was already just telling my brain, this is what you're going to believe. And I was like, well, I can't yeah. question him. He, yeah. He's the expert. Well, I know what's up. Yeah. And I think that's what we do as
1: coaches and healers and therapists and all the things, right? You see somebody at their highest potential mm-hmm. and then you really, a big part of our work is just to be there and say, Hey. Right do this. Like I see this for you. Even if you don't see it right now, like you can just believe that it it might be possible, right? Like I know it's possible. You believe that there's a little chance that it's possible and I'm going to hold you to that and truly do through it and support you and hold you accountable. And then people that, you know, that's really like such a powerful thing to have someone just believe in them and just right. they start to become it because you are holding that space for them.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for (laughs) Yeah, no, such a beautiful point. And I am such an advocate myself for accountability and coaching. And I think that this area specifically, when you are really trying to redesign your lifestyle and undo behaviors that are so, so deeply ingrained, and this is such uncomfortable work, and we know that it's going to take time, and we know that it's going to take practice. The reality is most of us are not going to hold ourselves accountable and show up. We're just not going to do it. And so there's not one person out there listening who would not benefit from any attempt at this kind of work. You know, I think that everyone would benefit, but, for me personally, working with coaches and other healers have been such a vital part of the journey because I trust them. They're the expert. Mm -hmm. I no longer have to seek the information. I no longer have to worry and be fearful. I can literally put my central nervous system to rest just by having the individual that I can go to and work through this process and they can keep validating me. I know for myself that with my specific journey, validation has been such a key point. Mm -hmm. It's so hard. It's been so difficult for me to validate my own self due to, you know, um, just not feeling worthy and deserving and all of these, you know, the stories we don't have to. You know, the stories, but because (laughs) of that, for me, It's the validation piece that keeps me going for someone to say, wow, Heather, did you just like what happened yesterday on that podcast episode? I never expected any of that to happen, but in the end, I got validated for a lot of the work I did and it helped me recognize where my subconscious mind was holding me back to continue to keep me safe. Based on those original stories, I had adapted from my environment. So there's not a single person out there who wouldn't benefit from some form of, um, you know, this practice.
1: I agree, and and I think it's very culturally acceptable to get personal trainers, right? If you're trying to get fit, or even get a business coach or career Uh coach or whatever it is, but we don't have coaches that hold us accountable and yeah, validate us and support us and provide that trust and that safe space to do our self-healing, our personal growth, our, the internal work, right? right. So it's all, like, no, no, that's on your own. Like, and that's the way I thought you're like, oh, I got to like go up in my little hole and do the journaling and the affirmations. And I got to like self-heal, it's going to be in on my own. It's in partnership, right? Like, right.
0: Yeah, I know for myself back in my day when I was like, okay, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to do it. I would find every single task that I had put off for the last five years. And now all of the sudden, those became the most important things for me to take care of. For sure. Right? Like I found every excuse in the book on how to not do it. And so as I was mentioning earlier, for me personally, one of the things that helped kind of open that door with positive affirmation, because I was having such resistance to me saying the things and then being like, liar, I don't believe you, yeah. that was really hard. So I had to find other ways to retrain my brain subconscious without me having to put the energy and effort into that. And so audible audible affirmations of my voice recording.
1: This, this
0: this was so powerful. So for me personally, I use the think up app. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but you can either do like the member monthly membership or a yearly. And so for me, this was really beneficial because I was able to first identify positive statements because I'm trying to think of one and I'm like, Hmm, (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah and again it's energy right you like i, right. I have energy mm, right. i think this is be my breakfast and
0: yeah <laughs> so i think that finding ways that we can initially start to retrain the brain without having to put that energy into it is so beneficial but ultimately it really i needed the guidance i needed the help and the accountability to really get the validation that I was doing the work that needed to be done in order to get where I wanted to go. That was a very unsafe path for me. I was very, very scared, very fearful. And I still have struggles and I still have things that I will, you know, continue to work through. This is a ongoing lifelong process of just evolving, having the ability to evolve into literally our most – highest self, the most conscious state of being where the re- perception is reality, right? I will never forget hearing that for the first time. I was like, what? I, I mean, literally could not figure out what that meant. I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah, that's like again when your bullshit meter goes off too and you're like, no, no, no. I think like what's <gasps>
1: happening out here is why I'm responding this way internally. You know, you think it's mm-hmm. it's the only way around, but it's not. That's like that reverse engineering again, like no. Right what's happening out here. You can't control that's uncertain. That's the environment. You can control what's happening in Mm -hmm. here. And then move from that space instead. And that's when I think everything really starts to shift for people.
0: Absolutely. So when we're in that negative loop and we're that self-talk, that dialogue is just spiraling down the toilet bowl. (laughs) What do you do? How do you get yourself out of that state? Is there a specific like tool or resource that you utilize in order to pull you out sooner than later? Because we're all going to have them. We can't escape them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that kind of goes back to the training. So I, I, that's what we said a little bit earlier in the conversation is just having that awareness to get Mm -hmm. curious and pause. And I think that when people say like, do the meditation and that, you know, meditation is so big, but that really is just training your mind to sit in that space and have the pause, right? right? Because usually we just go from like, oh, negative thought comes up. It means this, I'm going to react this way. Oh, that result happened again. And now here we are negative thought, and then you're caught in that loop, and then it loops to your body, and then you're just stuck. Right. Then, but again, if we can intervene and just ask ourselves, um, you know, like what's coming up here? What What is the thought? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Have an opportunity to bring choice back into that reaction, right? right. So it's not just a stimulus to reaction to loop all over again. Now you've entered choice and you can make a different conscious choice. Mm-hmm. And just like we said before, you're going to have to make that choice several times. You know, people, like, again, when you work with people, they're like, oh, well, yeah, like I tried it and it didn't work or I didn't make the right choice. I'm like, okay, well now you're aware of it. Huge step. of the equation, and then now we can make a different choice,
0: yeah. See, and I think that that example right there is why seeking assistance for this process is so vital, because myself, back before I knew and was aware, I would have never recognized that as a win, and I would have self-defeated. I would have negative self-talked myself, punished so hard that I would have been like, "Mm, I'm done. Okay, that didn't work next please (laughs) what's the next band-aid I can put on for you know a moment (laughs) or
1: yeah and it's celebrating those small wins Mm -hmm. and I think that's so important for people too right it's like like even if you're like I'm trying to be a runner right like I like I want to start running in the morning and then you are like oh shit I I silenced my alarm again I didn't get up I missed it I did it again again." okay so the night before just put your shoes out by the door that's a win. Like you have your shoes out and right. then, and then the next day, maybe you did, you silenced the alarm and the third time and then you got up and you put your shoes on, but you only had four minutes to walk or, you know, run around the block or something. That is a huge win. And like just those little incremental wins. Like I think mm-hmm. a lot of us try to go, even like you're saying, from like zero to 100, right? Right. Like, well, I didn't. Well- do this immediately. So I am a failure, which also is not who you are. That's just an event and failure is just feedback and information. Right. And so you Mm -hmm. identify with that and then you keep yourself stuck in a way because you, you haven't, you know, seen those little tiny wins and right steps.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Again, I think validation and is such a key key component to um, allowing ourselves continue through with the process because it's not, it's not an easy one. It can be if you open your mind to it and you're like, okay, you know, I'm just going to change my perception about this whole experience when it can be, it doesn't always necessarily mean it's going to be hard. But um, I think for the most part, generalization is this is a challenge. This is a challenge
1: but I think that's, it's kind of our job too, to help people see it as it can be fun. And Yes. I like to do that too. When like people are like, all right, I'm ready. I'm showing up. And it's almost like they're armored up to like, let's do the work. you know? Right. And you're like, no, no, no. Okay. We're going to just like, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a good time because this is improving your life in all areas, mm-hmm. whatever you came in with, whether it's like anxiety or depression or f- chronic fatigue, whatever, this is going to affect everything. So it's right. going to be fun and you're going to enjoy it, you know? And like, it's literally gonna be
0: the most empowering, yeah, productive, beautiful thing that will ever happen to anybody. I, it's just, it's so, it's so impactful. We don't even realize um, just taking tiny small initiatives and seeing some wins, being validated for those wins. And then we decide we wanna take bigger steps. There's nothing more rewarding than having an individual come to you and say, I'm broken. There's no hope. I don't know where to go from here. And then help guide that individual, utilizing everything they already have within them mm-hmm. to make that transformation into living that, you know, life of thriving and joy and happiness and contentment. Yeah. Um, that's the most beautiful thing. True. I-
1: it's true art, right? It's it like, is.
0: I mean, it's literally the most beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. It's the highest, highest level. I, I couldn't
0: it's, agree more. It's literally the biggest high you will ever experience in your life when you come to the realization and you're able to look back and reflect and say, wow, you know, over the last year, I I never would have thought that I could do these things now. I never would have thought I would have stopped talking to myself that way. Yes. Never would have thought I would stop judging myself and others who knew I could have peaceful conversations with people <gasps> who knew I could draw boundaries for myself.
1: Yeah. And it's or, just a wind, like you said too, right? Yeah.
0: Or like, have a very confrontational um, conversation and it not be traumatic.
1: Yeah, right? exactly. And I think a lot of us come in, yeah, with like, these these big issues and like insurmountable problems right that Mm -hmm. that then if you check in with somebody two years later after they've been doing this work or whatever it is it's always those small things right like oh I'm having like really loving conversations with my friends or my mother or whatever Mm -hmm. or yeah I'm able to acknowledge and validate myself because I did something really beautiful for somebody else. Or I, I, ate healthy for, you know, all three meals of the day or whatever that is. Like it's those right. little shifts that I think people really notice. And then that's that snowball effect. And then it just becomes second nature. You're not even really, that's subconscious now. It's in, right. you're to not even aware that you're doing those things anymore because it's just your, your default.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there who are stuck in healing loops that, that, you know, where they've, bought a lot of webinars. Maybe they've gone to conferences. They've bought every self-help book in the world, listened to it or read it. You know, they've done all of these things. They've read the books, they've done the things, they've seen the therapist, but they're still stuck. They're still stuck. I think that those individuals are the perfect, the perfect individuals to get into programs or seek out, you know, one-on-one coaching from an individual who specializes in this because they already have a lot of awareness. So there's a lot of awareness there, but they're lacking the ability to take sustainable action.
1: There it is. Those I are, there. Yes. Huh? <laughs> I, I was hoping you were going there. There it is. That's, that's it. Right. It's like, you're like, I'm doing all the spiritual yep. work and the affirmations and like the crystals or whatever the bite right. you're, you have to put that in motion, right? Yes. Like, it's like there's, there's you're getting the the information if you want to talk like spiritual like you you're receiving those downloads of that intuition well now we need to move it through into your reality and put that in motion and I think right. again, working with somebody can do that mm-hmm. with you I wouldn't say mm-hmm. for you but with you and say hey you know did you work in these things here's where I think that you can improve this week here's what I think that the direction that we're going on and remind you of that and just keep things mm-hmm. in motion and keep the momentum up Because right. two, one, you lose momentum we all do Absolutely. Well, drops.
0: I'm done. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so bummed out because we're going to have to um, cut this. With, oh, no. oh, my goodness. I, I know. Seriously, I think, that, I think that you and I definitely need to reconnect. There's so many things I, I would love, love, love to um, chat with you about. But I am so grateful to have the opportunity for you to share your expertise and your personal experience with the listeners. How can they find you and what kind of fun things, programs do you have going on right now? Ooh, um,
1: I guess I usually default to Instagram. So it's at Nicole Raimondi or Nicole dot Raimondi. So the last name is R-A-Y-M-A-L-I-N.
0: I'll link. I'll make sure to add links for everything so it makes it nice and easy.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Um, and then my website is the same. No, no period in between. Um, and yeah, I, at the end of October, I am releasing the self by design collective, which is a group of self healers and past clients and just people that are doing this work. Is just like you mm-hmm. said, we need support. We need that kind of validation to share um, what we're working on or through and hear each other's stories. Mm-hmm. And I think that bringing people in community is so important right now um so that's releasing the end of um or the beginning of october the end of this month and yeah i also have the mobile app the self by design app which has affirmations like we talked about
0: Nice, that's awesome i am definitely gonna have to check that out
1: yes they're not audible so i I would like that collection but it's just um it's very visual that's kind of how i started again with the subconscious Mm -hmm. stuff, and and it works in images and metaphors so seeing a beautiful visual whether you've created it because it's a picture Mm -hmm. of something working towards, or you're, you know, something that's really important to you with these beautiful words over it, whether it's an affirmation or inspiring quote, just Mm -hmm. kind of keeps us in that headspace. Yeah. So we can continue to do that work.
0: I I feel like those are little things that are constantly sending information to the subconscious and making it work without us being present that that's what's happening. And so those are, those are beautiful tips. Thank you for sharing them. And I'm definitely going to check out, um, that app that you have. That's so cool. So yeah, you're, you're beautiful inside and out. Keep shining bright, my love. And I definitely would love to have uh, a part two at some point down the line. So if you know, our schedules, um, can match up, I'd love to make that happen.
1: Yes, let's do it. And yeah, thank you so much for your work in the world and just showing up you know, as your true self with this message and delivering it to others and supporting others in this work. I'm just, I'm so admirable um, for everything that you've done and, and so appreciative.
0: So oh, thank, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranga, And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.